2 Timothy chapter 4, 5 through 8. As for you, this is verse 5, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Lord Jesus, we do love you, God, and we cannot wait for you to come back. We can't wait, Father, for you to wrap all this up. God, for you to gather your people and bring us into the new heavens and the new earth where righteousness dwells. And God, we can't wait, Jesus, to be with you forever. Lord, you're where satisfaction and joy and pleasure are found. And Jesus, we want you. We, we desire to be with you. We want you to come back and reign as king over us. Father, until that time, I pray, God, that you would press upon us, God, me, this church, this service. God, press upon us that we have a mission, that we have a, a, a work that you've called us to do, that we have a race to run. God, press upon us that the time is, is ticking away. Father, I, we need your help in just embracing that, knowing that, understanding that. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this is a familiar passage to you guys. I, I know it is. I know that you've uh, uh, heard it before. And uh, it's very easy to see that finishing is a big deal here, okay? You know, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. So obviously Paul has this race imagery. And the thing that he's, he's saying is he's giving testimony and saying, I, you know, I finished my race. He's about to die. He's in a Roman prison. He knows he's probably going to be beheaded. And so he's just giving testimony that, man, I have completed the work that God has given me to do. Okay, and now he's telling Timothy, that's what he does here in verse 5. He says, as for you buddy be sober-minded endure suffering do the work of evangelist and then he says fulfill your ministry okay timothy you got it you got to finish your deal okay my deal's about done my head's gonna roll any day now and i'm going to be with jesus but your deal's not done timothy and you got to fill it up you got to finish it you got to fulfill your ministry you got to complete it you got to do what god's put on your plate to do okay so the whole passage is about finishing what god has given you to do now here's the deal with us this thing is not going to make sense. Nothing I say today is going to hit you if, if you don't believe that there's something on your plate to finish, okay? If you don't look at your life that way. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've been, you've been joined to Jesus through the blood of his sacrifice on the cross. The Spirit of God is in you. Let me tell you, you have something that God has called you to do. And if you've not embraced that, if you kind of just look at your life as you're just going through the motions, I'm working, I'm eating, I'm, I'm going home, I'm watching a little TV, I'm going to bed, I'm working, I'm eating, I'm going home, watch TV, you know, if, you, if that's the way, then finish, you know, someone's screaming at you, finish, you know, go the distance, go all the way. That doesn't make any sense. You know, we sat at the Houston airport yesterday for, I don't know, seven, eight hours. And I think we got there at 320 or something like that. And we didn't get a fly out until like 1030 at night. And so I'm, I'm hammering away on my sermon. The other guys on the team, though, they're just like wondering. I mean, what do you do for, you know, five, six hours in, in Houston airports? So they're, they're going, and I keep seeing them wandering past me. You know, they'll wander by with an ice cream. And next time they'll wander by with a pretzel. You know what I mean? They're just like, you know, I see them kind of going by. You know, it'd be kind of silly, though, if, if I see, as I see them going by, I jump up and I'm like, go, you know, go. Go, David. Go, Michael. Finish. Finish. Man, you can, I mean, finish what? You know, I mean, we're just, want, there's no, okay. I think that's the way a lot of Christians look at their life, you know? I mean, they got a preacher saying, man, finish this. Finish what? You know? 
I'm finished, I'm finished. I'm just, you know, hey, unless you embrace that there's something on you that God has placed on you to do, you personally, as a believer, there's something that you're a steward of. God said, man, I want you to finish this. I want you to do it. I want you to complete it. Unless you've got that in your heart, this doesn't make any sense. You know, why would Paul say, Father, good fight, to finish the race, I can't finish what race? I didn't know I was in a race. If you don't know you're in a race, you don't like people yelling at you to finish the thing, right? And, and so here's what, what is being pressed on us today is that as a born again believer, God has given you work that you are to complete. The clock is ticking. Okay. The clock is ticking. Now you're saying, well, prove that to me scripturally. I'm so glad you asked me to do that. I will. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, okay? Now, now tell me if you're in this or not, okay? Tell me if you're in this, okay? Verse 8, is, is this talking about you? For by grace you've been saved through faith. You in that, Bonnie? Bonnie says, yes, okay? I, yes, I say, yeah, I'm in that. By grace I've been saved through faith. You bet, I want to be in that. That's the only way to heaven. That's the only way to be connected to Jesus Christ is by His grace through a faith relationship. So yes, we're all, if you're a believer, you're in that. By grace you've been saved through faith, not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. And listen to verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Now, if you're in verse 8, you're in verse 10, okay? If you're saved by grace through faith, then this is you too. We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. God's got a good work. God's got a life of, of living out your faith. He's got a mission that you're called to do, Jesus, Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, friends, we, we've got a body. I don't know how to describe this other than I, I like it on my plate. That's kind of the way I think. I think in metaphors, which is really bad in Guatemala because a lot of stuff just right over their head. But, you know, I'd say, you know, what do you got on your plate? And they'd be like, yeah, we're not eating, Pastor. You know, I mean, so but anyway, you know, what's on your plate? What, what's God put on you that you got to get done, that you got to finish, okay? Because there's something there. Because it says if you're saved by grace, you're his workmanship. And God's God saved you He's because he, he's got a body of, of things that he's called you to do that you've got to finish, okay? Now, now, what kind of things are that? What kind of things are? Well, all kinds of stuff, man. Bible's full of it. Second uh, Timothy chapter two. We were here a couple weeks ago. Here's to men. Okay, I'll give one for men, one to women. Um, in Second Timothy two, and this is for all men, it's for the men in Timothy's congregation, for the men in our congregation. He says, what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Okay. There, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's some on your plate guys. Okay. And it's discipling other men. It's discipling young boys. It's, it's pouring in the lives of other men. Ladies, we're not going to leave you out. Uh, Titus chapter two, here we go. Verse three, older women. Okay. There's older women in Titus's congregation and there's older women in our congregation. And I'm not about to point out who they are, but you know who they are. So if you're one of those then you just own this okay it says in, in verse 3 older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior not slanders or slaves to much wine they're to teach what is good here's what's on their plate ladies this is on you teach what is good train the young women to love your husbands and your and their children to be self-controlled pure working at home kind and submissive to their own husbands that the word of god may not be reviled i mean the bible is full of the of these things that god has put on our plate remember all the parables that jesus told about like the talents and the meanest. What were those about? Those were about a master who goes away and he entrusts his, his business, his kingdom to his servants. That's you. 
To some he gives 10, some he gives 5, some he gives 1. We're not all entrusted with the same stuff, but everybody's got something. You got something on your plate. And then you're to invest, you're to work hard, you're to finish it, you're to complete it, you're, you're to get it done. And the master's coming back, and when he comes back, there's going to be an accountability on your life. That, that's what the, the scriptures are saying. I like verses like Acts 13, 36. It says that after David had fulfilled the purpose of God in his generation, he fell asleep. He died. In other words, God had a purpose for David. You know, he had a plan. There's things he, he had for David to do, to live out, to, 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 to bear witness to the glory of God, to do certain works. And after he got done, God took him. It was done. So here's my assertion today, is that you as born-again believers, that I as a born-again believer, we have certain tasks of the Lord, certain work that God has given us to do, and the time is ticking, okay? I wish we had a little clock sound, you know, tick, 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 tick. You know, that's what we need to remind us, that our life is, is slipping away, and that the thing that God's called us to do is, is on our plates, you know, there's times in the summer, I do this almost every day in the summer, actually, uh, as I'm getting ready to leave, we have a little meeting, me and the kids that are there at home, Addie's working, Hannah's working, but the ones that are at home, and I'm like, all right, guys, here's the deal, Haddon, you, this, 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 and this, have it done by the time I get home, Avery, this, 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 Haven, this, 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 and guys, have it done by the time I, and here's the cool thing, they don't know when I'm coming home, you know, and, 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 I, and that's fine, I don't know when I'm coming home, but I'm just saying, when I walk in the door, it better be done, if it's not, I don't want to walking in the door, and you're like, oh, 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 yeah, I'm going to, no, it better already be done. And they're like, well, dad, we don't know when you're coming home. So you better do it now then, you know? I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the moral of the story, isn't it? You know, do it now then and do whatever you want to do the rest of the day, you know? Maybe you have time, maybe you don't. Hey, it's the same deal with you. When's Christ coming back? I don't know. You know, when are you going to die? I don't know. But so you better do it now. You better get busy with the work that God has called you to do. And you're saying, okay, pastor, but I'm still confused about what exactly is this work. You know, it, it, it's, it, it's this. Live out your faith, okay? We talk about it every week, don't we? Live out your faith. You know, what's the work that God's called you to do? First of all, the work that God's called you to do is to love Jesus, you know, to, 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 to live by faith. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But, but it's, it's to live out. Those of you who are married, what's the work of God? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. How many times do we talk about that? Man, that's the work of God on your plate. Raise up your kids for the glory of God. Share Christ with your neighbor. Give a cup of cold water to the least of these. Build Christ in relationships. Go on a mission trip. You know, take one of the students out to lunch once a week and talk to them about their spiritual life. Comfort the grieving. Encourage the faint-hearted. Show grace to the irritating. Meet practical needs. I mean, it's, it's, it's not rocket stuff, you know. It's not, you know, complicated engineering. It's simply let me live out my faith. That's what God's put on my plate. Live it out day by day. Be a person of faith that lives that out in practical ways. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus takes us to the judgment day. And he separates, first thing, he separates the sheep from the goats, the believers from the unbelievers. And here's what he says to the believers. He says, come you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom. Man, won't that be a cool thing? Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And when do we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when do we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them and say, truly I, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. 
So Jesus is going to say to the believers, look, you guys lived out your faith. You loved me. You trusted me. You depended on me. And what that looked like was you invested your life in other people. Sometimes you didn't even know you were doing it, but it just came so now you invested your life in other people. And you know what I, I like about that passage is he didn't say, you know, you, you, you love me. So you translated the book of Hebrews out of Greek, you know, I mean, he didn't say you love me. So you, you know, I, I mean, it's ordinary stuff, isn't it? I mean, Jesus peaked the ordinary stuff. This guy's hungry, feed him. This guy's thirsty. This guy needs a visit. This guy's lonely. This guy's in prison. This guy's life's messed up. You, you, you went and you tried, you gave a cup of cold water. What's that all about? You know what that's about? It's the smallest act of kindness. Okay. And, and, and so Jesus is simply saying, live out your faith in the smallest of everyday ways. You, you almost, listen, if your heart is right, I, please don't prove me wrong on this, but you almost can't get it wrong. You know, I mean, can you? I mean, if, you, if you're trying to love Jesus and you're trying to live out the word of God, I mean, can you really get this wrong? I mean, is there ever a time that you're, you know, you're going to go across the street, your neighbor's outside, and you're like, man, I'm going to go talk to him. You go across there, he's having a rough time, his marriage is in trouble, and so you pray with him, you know, and try to encourage him. Hey, let's have lunch tomorrow. You know, we'll talk again. Do you ever walk across the street and he's got up in heaven going, no, 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 you know? I meant for John to do that. No, I mean, no, it's, it's not. I mean, that, that doesn't happen that way. Okay, I mean, we just, whatever's in front of you, whatever's on your plate, you're living it out for the glory of God. Just do something, okay? Do something. I've told you, my dad told me that all growing up, you know? You'd get on the radio, we'd be over not, not doing anything. You'd be like, do something, you know? Okay, I'm get busy, you know? I mean, but do, figure something out for the glory of God. You got something on your plate. You know, the cool thing about Jesus, lots of cool things about Jesus, but one of the things I love about Jesus, he never asked us to do stuff that he didn't do, you know? I mean, and, and Jesus had this very same image for his life, his, his earthly life. In Hebrews chapter 12, same imagery of a race. Uh, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race set before us. Isn't that cool? Same imagery, you know, this imagery of my life stretches out as as this race, okay, that's before me and the clock is ticking. I only got so much time. I need to finish it. I need to get it done. I need to do what God's called me to do as a man. And then verse two says, looking to Jesus. The founder, he's the first one, man. He, he's, he's the, he is the runner. He, he showed us how to run. The founder and the perfecter of our faith. He showed us how to live by faith. Who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, Jesus ran his race too. He, he completed. Remember, remember all the, the, the times in the scriptures during Jesus' life where he would describe his life as, as fulfilling what God had given him to fulfill, uh, to, to do. You know, he talked about drinking the cup. Remember that one where he says, man, I'm, I'm going to drink the cup of my father. Remember what he said on the cross? You know, he's, he's, he's just given his life, shed his blood. He's about to die. What's the last thing Jesus says? It's finished. Remember that? It's finished. That's the way Jesus thought of his life. God's put me here to do this thing, to accomplish the redemption, to reveal the Father. And I'm, I've done this. I've finished my race. And in the same way, here's, here's what Paul is telling Timothy. He's telling Timothy, look, man, I've run my race. I'm about to die. I'm about to go home, but I finished my race. I, I, I fought the good fight. I kept the faith. And now, Timothy, you fulfill your ministry. And now, Lincoln Avenue Baptist Church, you fulfill your ministry. What's that going to look like? It's a great image here. This is my favorite image in the passage. Verses 6. 
For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. Paul describes his life as, as a drink offering. You know what a drink offering was? It was interesting. It is the, the last offering that a worshiper would, would give um, in his time of worship. So, so you got an Israelite. He comes to the temple. He offers a lamb. Why does he offer a lamb? Because it's a picture of the coming lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who would shed his blood for us, right? So he offers a lamb. Uh, he, he sacrifices that. Then he would offer his grain offering. And then the last thing he would do is he would offer a drink offering unto the Lord. Okay, so so the picture here is Paul's pouring out his life. He's pouring, he's emptying it out for the Lord Jesus Christ. In Philippians two, there's a cool picture here of, of of pouring it out into other people. He says, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. You know what, Paul, here's how he pictures it. He pictures it as, man, I'm pouring my life into my family, and I'm pouring my life into my kids, and I'm pouring my life into my neighbor, and I'm pouring my life into my, my church, and I'm pouring my life into my coworkers, and I'm, I'm sacrificing, I'm investing, I'm giving time. I'm trying to build up their faith. In Philippians 2, he says, he, he says, I'm pouring it out as a sacrificial offering of your faith, on your faith, to build up your faith. I'm pouring out my life to build up your faith. Man, what a beautiful picture of what it means to, to live out the race that God has called us to do, to, to live out what God's put us on our plate, put on our plate. But here's the deal. Here's, here's what I think we often do as American Christians, as Christians in our culture, and this is what I see even in my own life sometimes. You know, we got our life here and, and we're, oh man, it hurts us, doesn't it? You know, I mean, man, we just, hey, this is my life, you know? And, and so, someone's demand, I know I should, I know I should give, I know I should spend some time, and, and I know I should, should pray for them, I know I should, invest in them i know i should help out and oh that's all man that is all you know i mean i gave it now i got less you know we're kind of ticked about that i got less and and dad coming you know and sometimes here's what happens you know we just want to give a little drop and what do people do man they boom, you know you know and there went more you know and and now you know now I, i'm supposed to be at the court course at three you know and now this guy takes up my time i mean that's kind of the way we look at our lives but that's not the way paul looked at his life here's the way paul looked at his life he says man i'm gonna pour it out I'm going to pour it out for my family. Jesus is going to pour back in. I'm going to pour it out for my neighbor. He's going to pour back in. I'm going to pour it out for my friends. He's going to pour back in. And someday I'll pour it out. And Jesus will say, that's good. You're done. Come on home. I'm going to finish my race. That's the way, that's the way Jesus thought of it. You know, you know how we're tempted to think of it? I'm going to keep my life. You know, what's the minimum? How many drops can I eke out and then just keep my life for me, you know? I'll just keep it for me. I'll just save it. I'll live a very un, un, unencumbered life. I don't want people messing up. I don't want all the dirtiness of ministry. I, don't, I just want to keep it. I'm going to keep it all the way to the rest home, you know? I'm going to keep it there, and then finally, you know, God will pry it out of my hands, you know? And it'll, I mean, is that really what we want to do? Paul says, I'm pouring it out. What a great picture. What a great picture of, of living. How, how, you know, if you're going to pull that off, you've got to think about your life in a certain way. Otherwise, you're just going to keep it. You'll give a drop or two. You'll probably give some to your family. We're wired that way, you know. You may give a lot to your family. You, you won't be happy about it, probably. You, you'll get bitter about it. You, you'll be angry at people who are taken from you. But here's how, here's how Paul looks at his life. Acts 20. Verse 24, and it's a beautiful verse. But I do not account my life of any value. That's, that's heavy. You there? I don't account my life of any value. 
nor is precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul says the time of my departure has come. You know what's the cool thing about the Apostle Paul is he, uh, when he talks about death for a believer, he never, he never says death. Not very often anyway. I mean, I don't know if I say never, but I'm thinking like First Thessalonians, when he talks about believers dying, he talks about them being asleep, you know, in the Lord. Christ coming back, you know, bringing them out. And, and here he talks about his death as my departure, you know. It's like he's on a train schedule, you know, or he's at the airport, you know. I'm about to leave here, you know. Going to glory, you know. Got my bags, but I'm ready, you know. I mean, but, but, but here's what he's pressing home, okay. We're living on the clock. I mean, that's the reality. We're on the clock. We've only got so much life to live. We've only got so much time to fulfill the ministry that God's put on us. We've only got so much time to do the work that God's given us to do. We're going to die. That's the reality. We're, I mean, it's coming. We've only got so much time. All week. I've told my age more this last week than any other week in my life, you know? I mean, because, you know, I've got, I've got like... <clears throat> 10, 15 Spanish phrases that I can do. So, you know, you got to use those up, you know. What's your name? You know, my name's this. You know, where you live. Here's where I live. You know, how old are you? You know, so we did that over and over. So I had to say 40, like a thousand times. 40 is hard to say in Spanish, you know. It, it's kind of a tricky one, you know. That's it over and over. I started feeling old, you know. I'm 40, I'm 40, I'm 40. All these pastors, I'm 22, you know. I'm 26, you know. I'm like, you look 12, you know. I mean, they really do. And I'm 40, I'm 40. You know, I started to just realize, man. I'm 40, you know? I mean, I, I, I still feel like that's young, but you know what? It's coming. You know, I mean, I only got so much time. Cool thing, Paul went upset about leaving. Yeah, upset about leaving. He just wants to make sure he finishes. What's it going to take for you to finish? Well, you, you know, you always want to ask the guy that finished. That's who you want to ask, you know? You don't want to ask the guy that's leg cramping and puking on the side of the road, you know, what's it take to finish? Don't ask that guy. He doesn't know. Ask the guy that finished. Okay? And so what's Paul say about this deal? Well, he says, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure has come. Verse 7, I fought the good fight. Man, let me, let me, hammer, let me hammer this home. I was on the plane yesterday, and man, this thought hit me. It just, you know, you ever get those things that just grab your soul? Not every fight's a good fight. Yeah, true. You know, that, that, that word means to agonize. It means to struggle. It means to give great effort to. There's, not everything's worth that. In fact, there's a lot of fights that aren't worth it at all. You know, there's a lot of fights just foolish. You know, I tell you, it's real easy to get cranked up about all the wrong things. It's real easy to, you know, be all bent out of shape and, you know, stressed out and, you know, angry and giving yourself and expending energy on, on just stuff that doesn't really matter. I mean, it's just small potato stuff. Let it go. It's not the good fight. I mean, I, mean, I think Paul, what Paul's saying is, man, I know what the good fight is. That's what I'm pouring my energy into. I'm not going to be over here getting all cranked up about this other stuff. I'm going to give my energy to what the good fight is. And it's not going to be easy. It's just not. It's a fight. Fights are not easy. It's, it's, it's going to demand a struggle. It's going to be a struggle to fight against your sinful nature. If you're going to love Jesus and you're going to have faith, you, faith, you know what? That's going to be a struggle. If you're going to 
If you're going to soak your mind in the scriptures, that's going to be work. Okay? Just face it. Just, just tell yourself, I know this is going to be hard. If you're going to... If you're going to say no to your sinful flesh, if you're going to minister to people, if you're going to help people and build up the faith of others and forgive your offenders and love your enemies and deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Christ, all of those things will be agonizing. They'll be hard. We had a five-hour trip from uh, San Chris to uh, Antigua on Friday, and we're in this bus these mountain roads, and we're with a, a Canadian couple, Bill and Linda. They're going to be here in February. They're kind of the founders of this Assassin Ministry. <laughs> just great couple. You know, uh, they they they've kind of transitioned. They've trained these Guatemalans to run this ministry. They've empowered them, built up leaders over the last twelve years. So these Guatemalans are now running the ministry there. And so Bill and Linda can go back and forth to Canada. So they're in Canada. So I'm just kind of thinking of them like like us. You know, they they're 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 you know. Canadians, Americans, they live kind of high, you know, up here, and then they go down to Guatemala. I started asking them about their place in Canada. They live up in a beautiful part of Canada, you know. And, they, and I said, well, I'll come see you sometime. They're like, oh, yeah, we'd love for you to bring your tent. I bring my tent. They said, yeah, we just have like a one-room cabin. It's just one room, and we have a fireplace, and then we have a, an outhouse in the back. I was like, oh, man. You're, you live lean both places, you know. <laughs> it's not, you're not jumping up a whole lot when you go back to Canada, you know. I mean, it's just a great couple. Guys, 70 years old. Uh, so on Sunday, we went and, and we had several projects we needed to, to look at. And uh, we were playing a construction project way up in, in Washkoos. And so we were, we were seven and a half hours up into the mountains. Uh, but we were, five, this is an estimation, around five and a half solid hours in the back of a pickup standing up. He's 70 years old. This guy, I mean, he's, he's a trooper. He jumps out and we hike up the mountain, you know? And I'm like, dude, I want to be you, you know? That, that's cool. Uh, but anyway, so we're, long story. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're talking to them and, and they don't get the American church. And they have all these questions about the American That is con question after question. One of the questions was, <laughs> it's kind of offensive, but they're like, what? Why are, why are people so fake in the American church? You know? And I was like, our church isn't, you know, that's other churches, you know? <laughs> But they were talking about, you know, why, why, do, why do people come to church and they put on a happy face and they don't share the problems? You know, they say, why don't, why don't they, you know, like, why, why is that? You know, and so everybody's talking about that. And there's, why don't they build those relationships where you, you can share your burdens with other people? And, and so we talked about that. And we all kind of settled that it was pride. The other, the other guys in the vehicle were like, I think it's pride. You know, people don't want to, you know, don't want to let people know what they're going through. They don't want anybody to think that less of them. And so we talked about pride. But here was my take on it. I, I just said, you know what I see? I see that people don't want to do the hard work of building good relationships. It's just hard. Man, to be in other people's lives on a continual basis, open up your life to people constantly, that's hard. And most people just, I don't want to do the hard work. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. A lot of people start well, they don't finish well. That's all I'm going to say about that because we're running out of time. Kept the faith. Kept the faith. That's significant. I've kept the faith. You know why that's significant? Because your entire Christian life is based on that. Okay? It's based on faith. Everything in Christian life. Everything in Christian life is, Jesus, I see, I believe who you are. I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you're going to do what you said you're going to do. So, man, I'm going to run hard after you. Because I believe that. Jesus, I hear your word about forgiveness. Okay, I hear you. Lord, I heard what you said. And man, I don't want to forgive. I want revenge. I want to put a knife in them, Lord. But, but I believe you and I trust you. So God, I'm going to forgive. 
God, God I, man, I, I, know, I know what you said about anger, Lord. Okay, okay, I believe you. I trust you. I'm going to let go of it. God, I don't know what you said about holiness. Okay, Jesus. All right, Jesus, this is hard, but, but I trust you. So I'm, I'm going I'm to deny myself. I'm going I'm to put to death my sinful flesh. I'm going to build accountability. Everything in your life is about faith, isn't it? Tell me one thing in the Christian life is not about faith. It's all about faith. It's day after day, moment after moment, hour after hour of faith, 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 faith. It's believing, responding to Jesus over and over again. And here's what Paul says. I kept the faith. Man, I lived a life of faith. Here's my question for you. Okay, we're wrapping up, so hang with me. Paul miss out? I know, he's the Apostle Paul, so we're tempted to say no. But really, if you, if you do what he did, you just pour it out. You just pour it out for others. You pour it out for the kingdom. You pour it out. You live by faith. You trust Christ. You deny yourself. Are you the loser for that? I think we think so sometimes, don't we? We sure cry about it when it's running out. Look at verse 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. You know what's cool about the crown of righteousness? You know, when I was a kid, I always thought, and who knows, could be true. I always, always pictured like literal, you know, we're all in heaven. You know, we're going to be running around on little crowns, you know. Bonnie will have all these diadems, and I'll have a, like a pea gravel from the playground, you know. Mine, you know. That's what I always kind of pictured, you know. I don't think it's the crown because of your righteousness. I think it's the crown of righteousness. In other words, what you get, okay, what's coming is righteousness, a right relationship with God. Now, we're righteous now because of what Christ has done. And practically, we're striving day by day to live in a righteous way, right? But you know why that's really exciting? Because here's the truth of the Scriptures. Don't miss this. This is gravy, okay? Here's the truth of the Scriptures. Righteousness equals joy. How do I know that? Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. What's everybody hungering for? Satisfaction, isn't it? Satisfaction. We were at our motel one night, and we were all, I was watching Spanish TV. It was on. We were eating some stuff. I don't know, you know. And Spanish TV was on. And, and it's like, it shows all these pictures of these glamorous people. And it goes, fama and fortana. And I was like, man, it's the same everywhere. Fame and fortune, you know. And, uh, man, it's what everybody's hungering for. I want something to satisfy me. And we think money. So we get and we get more and more. And, man, the hole's still there, you know. And then we, we, we think, well, it's, it's an unencumbered life. It's just having a life where I can just build these fences around my life and everybody leaves me alone. Oh, that's lonely. In there. And then you know what we think? We think, well, it's, it's relationship. It's the right relationship. Having the right person. And then, Dad, God, but they let us down over and over and over again, don't they? And the hole is still there. You know what fills the hole? Jesus said righteousness. You want joy? Go after righteousness. You want satisfaction? Go after righteousness. Someday, Paul says, it's coming. Perfect righteousness. All right, is this just for Paul? I mean, there's always a tendency in the Bible to read passages like this and say, man, that's for guys like the Apostle Paul, but I'm Jason Dirks, you know. It's not for me. Aha, look at verse 8. Henceforth there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, 
but also to all who have loved his appearing. Love's in the past tense, by the way. So it's not talking about when Jesus splits the sky, everybody who's excited then. It's talking about everybody who right now, right now, today, man, desire your heart. It's more of Jesus. You want to be with him. You want, man, you can't wait for him to come back. When grandma comes, our grandmas live far away, closest ones, three and a half hours, four hours. So when grandma comes, you know, we tell the kids, you know, and they usually call us about Fort Supply. Hey, we're at Fort Supply. We're going to be there about 20 minutes. You know what the kids do? They go out to the driveway. You know, they go to the driveway. Sometimes they go down the block, you know. What are they doing? Grandma's coming. Grandma's always got the goods, man. Grandma's bringing good stuff. Cookies and presents. Grandma's got, I mean, it's not even that to be Christmas for grandma to bring presents. You know, man, they, they love her appearing. We, we want you to get here, Grandma. That's the way you feel about Christ. Well, I tell you what, that right there tells a lot about where you're at in your faith. And it just does. How do you feel about Jesus? Because how you feel about him is a reflection of what you believe about him. I was talking to a guy one time. It's been 20 years ago. I was, I was only about a year old in my faith as a Christian. And I, we had a football game. I remember this distinctly. We had a football game. And we're just talking about faith. I was a new Christian. I was kind of probing. He's an older Christian. And he says, you know, he said, I don't really want Jesus to come back right now. He said, I just got all these things I want to do in my life. And I just, I was like, yeah, yeah. But man, the more I've thought about that conversation, I'm like, no. Come now, Jesus. Come now. Come now. Man, what you got? Did we look at Hebrews eleven six? I don't think we did, did we? I missed that. I'm I'm skipping stuff. Sorry. We ain't going to skip that one. It's awesome. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. Forever would draw near to God must, here's the definition of faith, believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. See, if, if you don't think Jesus is worth it, you don't have faith in the true Jesus. He, man, you don't go wrong with Jesus. That's what Paul says. Paul says, I'm pouring my life out because I know what Jesus has given is going to be better. So I'm going to pour it out. We got to finish, guys. You got something on you. If you're a believer, it's on. I want you to feel the weight of that. I want you to feel the weight of that. I, I, I hope you're kind of struck down a little bit, okay? I got something to do here. And you know why I don't mind you being crushed a little bit? Because here's the next truth. Jesus never gives you anything that he doesn't also give you the power to do. So straighten up, okay? And just walk by faith. What he calls you to do, he'll give you the power to do. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, uh, for being so good to us. Lord, I just thank you, Father, for saving us. I thank you that you've given us a work to do. God, that you've given us a mission right here. God, I pray that we would hear that clock ticking in our head. Um, that we've got things we've got we've to complete. This church has got things it needs to do for you. We've got, we've got a life we need to live out. We've got children we've got to disciple. We've got wives we've got to love. We've got husbands we, we need to respect. We've got um, neighbors we need to share the gospel with. God, we, we've, we've got things on our plate. And God, we want to finish them. We, we want to be able to look back someday and say, man, I fought the good fight. It's hard, but Jesus is good and he helped me. I finished the race. I, I persevered. I kept the faith. I lived by faith. Father, give us that. Give us that. In Jesus' name, amen.